Hello and welcome to episode 2 of What Goes Bump in the Night. Today we have a couple of special guests for you, so Riley, take it away. For our first guest tonight, we have West Michigan's very own Blatt Stanley. He's an EDM producer here, and uh, he's had some pretty crazy experiences with the, the paranormal. Hey, what's up, y'all? And the next guest that we have is uh, Alex. I mentioned him in the, the first episode there, where I saw a figure standing in the kitchen of my parents' house. What's up, this is Alex. So before we uh, send it to our guests, I actually have a couple more stories for you guys. So, right when I moved into the work that I have now, there was a time where I had to go pick my checks up from work before I had direct deposit. So it was one Friday night, and the girlfriend and I decided to go pick up the check, and it was about 9.30, 10 o'clock at night. It was pretty dark. It was uh, pretty snowy that night as well. So, you know, there wasn't much going on. Everybody had left, and there was not a soul in my shop, and the whole place itself is falling apart, like I said. So we, every time you go through a hallway, you run into a door. So every time you go through a door, you think, okay, what's gonna come out? What are you gonna hear? So. We're going through the hallway that leads into the room that I'm gonna go get my check out of. And Jenna turns around and she goes, did you hear that? And Jenna's my girlfriend, by the way. So, I go, no, I didn't hear anything. What do you mean? And she goes, I heard an old man scream. And I was like, what kind of scream? She says, the kind of scream like somebody just got hurt. And she's pale in the face. You know, she's starting to get panicked, like, can we leave? I don't want to be here anymore. And I say, well, this place did used to be an old factory where they used to make machine parts. So we go, we grab my check, and we leave, and then nothing else happens. And to this day, she will come back to the shop and, you know, bring me lunch and stuff, but she won't step foot inside the building. It's like... There's a dark thing that's just haunting that place that she just won't come back inside. So Trevor, I got a question for you. Um, do you think maybe it could have been someone getting punched too? Because that place used to have a boxing ring in it? Well, it was um, an old youth boxing ring, like upstairs and like a whole club where kids used to come up and there was a whole gym upstairs and everybody used to fight each other. but. I don't know how long it was in there, and it, it was, it's been gone for at least five to ten years. Maybe not, then. What I believe is it could have been the sound of somebody hurting themselves while they were working, or, unfortunately, you know, it does happen where people do die on the job, so, I don't know. So, Flats, I remember the other night you were over, and uh, you were saying something about your parents' basement. Yeah, when I was around, I want to say around 14 or 15 years old, I used to live in my, my old house that my parents built. And uh, it was never, there was never anything wrong with it until my grandmother Rose died. After like two weeks after she died, but she didn't die in the house. She died in Grand Rapids in the hospital. And that was the weird part about it because I mean, that's, we all swear that it was her that was in our house. But it was about two weeks after that that things started happening like you'd hear footsteps downstairs you'd hear voices like saying things to you just it was just an eerie it just became an eerie house but when i was about 14 or 15 years old um 
the the biggest story that I have was when I used to live down there after my brothers had already moved out like one was in college one was getting married you know all that stuff and I was the youngest and I was walking downstairs and how the basement was kind of set up was that you would walk down the downstairs you'd take a right and there was a little hallway with a door that led into the toy room my dad built for me when I was a kid and and so then you keep walking past that door it opened up into the living room and you could look as soon as you turned right though there was a long hallway that led all the way to the bedroom the downstairs kitchen and the bathroom down there at the end of this hallway there was a mirror though like i don't know why my parents thought it was a good idea to put a mirror at the end of a hallway in a basement that you know doesn't get much light and so I went down and as I was turning that corner, it had to be about three something in the morning. And I turned the corner and the kitchen door, and it was like right across the hall from the bedroom door at the end. And both doors were open. And as I turned the corner and looked down the hallway, I saw a figure like fully, like it looked like a human, but it wasn't a human and it was like this shadowy figure walk from the kitchen to inside the bedroom that I was I was living in. And I can tell you that right after I saw that, I hightailed it right back upstairs. I The next morning, I went and moved all my stuff back up to the bedroom I, I had upstairs. Was it solid? It was, I mean, also, I couldn't see right, I couldn't see through it. It was a solid figure. It was solid walking straight across the hallway into my bedroom. And that had to be one of the scariest moments I've ever had in that house. But there was other moments where, like I said, you'd hear footsteps. My brother has told me that he, when he was in high school, he was having a friend over and like a new, I can't remember what game just came out, but they were both like gonna play it and whatnot all night. And they were in the basement, they were playing the game. And when you're sitting in the living room, you can see another door that leads into that toy room I mentioned earlier. And that door is a sliding door, whereas the one in the hallway is just a knob door. And you, he said that they were sitting there hanging out, and he had noticed that the door opened. But neither of them got up. They know it was closed before, so he just got up and went and closed it. But after about like a couple hours, like they just didn't, they didn't like, they just said, "Oh, whatever. It probably, you know, was open. We didn't notice it." But after a couple more hours, right as they were like getting done playing the game and about to go and like, go to bed, they noticed the door was open again. And that was uh, that was pretty scary to hear because you know growing up in this house, I lived there for almost 14 years, and there was just there were so many moments where you'd see shadowy figures just walking through the house. But it didn't happen until my grandmother passed away, and yeah, that was that was definitely an eerie house. Do you think you saw her? Honestly, no. I don't think it was her. Part of me believes that she was there, but I also believe like I'm I'm a strong believer in the paranormal. I'm a strong believer in aliens. I'm, you know, I'm a huge conspiracy theorist, all that stuff. But at the same time, like when I when I hear about, you know, these kinds of things, like I think, you know, there could be a evil presence and there could be a good presence. And I look at it like my grandmother was there trying to I feel like defend the house whereas there was something there that I saw that trying to harm the house because there was times where you would just be chilling and you know something would just get knocked off a counter and like we didn't have any cats growing up we had two big golden retrievers and you know they couldn't get on the counters Did they ever sense anything do you think um one of my dog striker we always said he was kind of dumb but he wasn't really dumb he was a super smart dog um he was super awesome big and fluffy and fat 
Uh, but there was times where he would just be sitting in the hallway upstairs and he would just start growling. And you would be like, what do you, and he'd be like staring intently down the hallway or staring at you. That same like, hallway that you saw the this, No, that one was upstairs. This oh, one, okay. the one that he would growl, like he didn't go downstairs. He didn't like, he would try, like his, he got, we, we, we overfed him. We didn't exercise him enough. Um, you know, as kids, like we just wanted a dog, but you know, you think back on it, you're like, exactly. Like, you know, my parents, you know, they got us the dogs and all that stuff. I loved them very much, but at the same time, like he didn't really go downstairs, but there was times where he would just kind of stare down the stairs and it looked like I just chalked it up as he wanted to go down there and hang out. But thinking back on it, I mean, there was just, there was many times where it it, it kind of freaked you out because it was just like, what are you looking at? What are you doing? And yeah. So going back to the story about the thing that you saw walk across the mirror in the hallway, how was the mirror oriented down that hallway? The mirror was, you can't see your legs. Like even from the end of the hallway, you would not be able to see your legs. Like it was, it was a big enough mirror, but it was high enough on the high enough up on the wall that you could only see about the, like just the bottom of your torso. And you could tell that it was like a leg moving across oh, yeah. another leg. Oh yeah. It was just a dark Like you form. could clear, I could clearly see two legs moving. Could you see any eyes or anything else? It didn't look back at me. So like, no. It was like, it was like one of those things where you saw it, but it didn't see you. But I mean, obviously it knew I was there. So did you go investigate? No, I didn't go and investigate because in all seriousness, like I said, I hightailed it back upstairs as soon as I saw it. And I just, I couldn't, I didn't want to deal with that. I didn't, at 14 years old, it no, was... No, I don't blame you. It was just one of those moments where it was just like... It's terrifying. Yeah, I'm out. Like, so no. Nah. Was there anybody else in the house with you at that point? My mom and stepdad were upstairs sleeping. Oh. So they were upstairs sleeping, and I ran back upstairs. I went like I didn't sleep that night. That was, like, that was I, I laid in bed. I laid in the bed upstairs, in the upstairs bedroom, and... I, you know, luckily had a TV in there to be yeah, able to watch, yeah, kind of drown out everything and try to take my mind off of it. But I'll tell you, it was definitely a, uh, it was something I, I won't forget. Yeah, it sounds pretty terrifying to me. I don't know what it is. It's always basements, so they're the creepiest, I feel like. So going back to um, the story about Mouth Cemetery, Alex, actually, I'm pretty sure you have a story as well about that place. Yeah, Trevor, I actually do have a story about Mouth Cemetery. It was uh, back when I was like 16, 17, me and a group of guys I knew at the time on Halloween night went out to Mouth Cemetery, like you were saying, and decided we were going to walk around and see if we could, you know, catch any spooky stuff out. Well, we pull up, and when you get to the entrance of Mouth Cemetery, there's like this windy gravel driveway that brings you into it. And when we first got there, it was super foggy that night. It was a full moon, but it was very, very foggy, and we see this teenage age, you know, 20, maybe early 20s guy standing on the side of the road, and we pass him, and about 30 seconds after that, before we park, we're like, well, let's go back and see if he needs a ride or anything like that, so we turn around, and as we get right to where he was, the fog kind of dissipates, and as the fog dissipates, so does the person, he just kind of like disappears with the fog, so that was the first thing that kind of threw me off for, for the night, but... So to progress the story, we, you know, we get the car parked, we sit in the car for a second, get all of our stuff because we brought some recorders and some disposable cameras so we can try to take some pictures and get out of the car. 
and start walking around. And if you don't know a lot about Mouth Cemetery, not pe people don't get buried there anymore. It's a real old cemetery. Uh, a lot of the headstones you can't even really make out and read because they're so, you know, worn from the uh, weather from over the years. So we're walking around and the entire time we're there, it just feels like we're being watched by something or someone's like following like right behind us shortly. But, you know, every time I'd go to do a circle and check the surrounding area, never see anything. Well, we're in one of the more secluded areas where some of the first burials were checking stuff out, taking pictures of like the tombstones or the headstones. And I look up real quick over to my left hand, you know, side and I see a buddy of mine fall over, look, look like he tripped. So I go over, you know, kind of to give him a hard time for it. And he actually said to us that he was pushed by something. And that's when, you know, the night started to get even weirder and we just got negative vibes. And so we decided to head back to the car. Well, long story short, we got the, uh, the the film developed on one of the cameras, and right when that happened, shortly after he took a picture, and like this foggy, weird, I don't know if a shape of a person or shape of something came out on the picture, and I don't know whatever happened to that picture, but you know, that was a crazy night. So, did he get pushed like from behind and then fall forward, or like what? Yeah, he was, he was walking and like he was walking straight forward to check out, you know, a new plot of headstones and all of a sudden he just felt something pushing from behind and it freaked him out and you know he stumbled over something it wasn't a push that would have really pushed him over but since it startled him he wasn't watching his footing and stumbled over something and yeah yep. so did he have any like marks after did you guys check to see if he had like any scratches like in Trevor's story yeah once we got back from the cemetery that night we looked him over to see if he had any scrapes or bruises or anything on him or to see if he had any like ripped clothing and there was no evidence of anything of that. Just uh, just his story, you know, letting us know, you know, word of mouth that he was pushed. And I mean, there's no reason we wouldn't believe him, you know, so. So going back on the guy that you saw at the entrance of the cemetery, do you remember anything about like what he was wearing or if, was, was he like a solid figure or you could see through him like? Well, at that stage of the night, that was more towards the earlier, you know, hour of the night. It wasn't too early in the morning yet. It was really, really foggy that Halloween, so, you know, I couldn't really make out much more than a face, and it was, he was male, and he was younger, you know, right around, you know, our age, or a little bit older at the time. So have you guys have gone back anytime, or has anybody that was with you gone back and had Oh yeah, that's actually, happen? throughout time, like, that's one of the cemeteries that I do go to, like that, between Mouth Cemetery and Unica Cemetery, there's a couple cemeteries in Muskegon where when you walk around, after dusk or uh, during the ghost hour or the witching hour, you know, early in the morning, anywhere between one o'clock in the morning and three o'clock in the morning, you know, there's some pretty spooky stuff that happens. Um, so yeah, Mouth Cemetery I've gone to several times. I have a couple stories for Mouth. Yeah, they say it's like one of the top 100 most haunted places in Michigan, even. So for whatever reason, a lot of people have had some experience at, at my parents' house. Not only has Trevor had experiences at my parents' house, but Alex, have you had an experience at my parents' house as well? Yeah, I actually have had uh, a few experiences at your parents' house. Being in the location it's in, uh, given the age it's, it is, just makes it kind of spooky, but several times sleeping in the basement on your sectional, I've been sleeping and you either hear someone walking around or go to sit on the couch to like lay down or whatnot. You know, you'll be laying there and like you'll you'll hear someone breathing or moving or shifting around and you want to go and open your eyes to go see what they're doing and no one's there. 
or you'll be alone in the house, like it'd be Riley and I several times alone in the house, chilling in the basement, and you hear someone walking around upstairs, or you hear someone opening a door or closing a door, and no one's there. Both his parents are away or at work, his sister's at work, off hanging out somewhere. It just, it's a really creepy area out there. Yeah, my parents' house has things happening uh, quite frequently, I feel like, sometimes. But sometimes it doesn't happen at all. So, Flats, you got this uh, lamp that turns on and off or something like that? What's the story behind that? Yeah, actually, um, there is a lamp in the house that I live in currently with my fiance, and it was her father's lamp before he passed away. Um, this lamp, uh, it, it's... I mean, I don't get freaked out by it. I mean, when it first started happening, I, I did. But this lamp was plugged in into the bedroom, and when we turned it on, like, it would either stay on or it would just start to flicker. And, you know, it was like, at first it was like, oh, just probably a light bulb. And so then I changed the light bulb. It still happened. And I ended up even looking at the wiring of it and all that, like, making sure that the connections were, you know, there, just to, like, just to make sure it wasn't a fire hazard. But... This lamp just kept flickering even after all of that. And it, it started to kind of get to me because I was just like, what if that's like, you know, Molly's father who passed away? And I, one day I got home from work and it was pretty late at night and Molly was still at work. And it, I had just got done, like, you know, getting cleaned up, all that stuff. I was sitting on the bed and the lamp's like right in front of me on top of the dresser. And I had that on, and as I'm getting changed, it just started flickering, and then it like turned off for a second and then turned back on. So I just, uh, curiosity got the best of me. So I sat down and like stared intently at the lamp, and I just said, James, if this is you turning the lamp on and off, I want you to turn it off for five seconds. I was very specific because I wanted to know like if this was really like happening. So. A few seconds goes by and I'm just kind of staring at it like you know really intense like moment for me and I'm like sitting there thinking to myself like holy cow like what's about to happen and then I started being like all right well I guess I guess not I guess you know whatever and then as I was about to get up the lamp turned off and as I was like standing I counted counted one Mississippi two Mississippi three four five and the lamp turned back on and I gotta say, it, it really did kind of freak me out because it was just like, holy cow, like, could this be a coincidence? And like, you know, or could this be, you know, really, really James? And so after a little while after that, things with the lamp started happening more and more. And it was just like, the lamp kept flickering more and more. Like every day, anytime you turned it on, it was like, it was trying to interact with you. So we ended up renovating our house, like repainting everything. Um, fixing a bunch of drywall all this stuff so our house was in disarray for a little while and so we like the lamp got packed up and it's still wrapped up and so molly ended up getting a new lamp um and she had that one plugged in on the opposite side of the bedroom and it was totally fine everything was just you know whatever with it and then one day that lamp started flickering and I thought, again, like, okay, it could be just the light bulb itself. It could be the wiring itself, whatever. So I just changed the light bulb, and it seemed to work just fine. And then about two days later, it started flickering on and off again. So after about a week of this, like, we, we have an overhead light, too, so we were just using that. But, you know, sometimes we'd turn the lamp back on just to have a dimmer lighting. And 
about a week after that, like after it started really going at it again, I did, I asked it again, like James, as if this is you, like turn the lamp off for five seconds. I want to say about 10 minutes went by and I was just sitting in the bedroom, just chilling because I really wanted to know. And I go to go get up, go use the restroom. And as I'm about to, as I'm about to leave the room, the lamp turns off and you know, count again, get up to five, turns right back on. And I gotta say that it, it really freaked me out because I'm sitting there going like, holy cow, like it's not just the one lamp, it's now this. And like, you know, people may say that's just a coincidence, like could be just like the outlet, you know, there's a, there's a million different reasons that we could use to try to comprehend what, like what I saw. But at the same time, I mean, it was, it, it definitely gave me solid evidence that he, you know, he's still here with Molly. He's still here, you know, watching over her and everything like that. And yeah, so that's the lamp story. It really does sound like James is probably still communicating through that lamp and still, it doesn't matter if that lamp's gone or not. It sounds like he uses that just to, to communicate to you. Does he ever try to communicate with Molly at all? Um, from what I've, like, I've tried talking to her about it, but she, she kind of gets a little freaked out about it too, but, um, the same time i mean i do believe that she has tried and like i know she thinks about him like thinks about him every single day um she's very close with her dad and so i i'm not wouldn't be surprised if it was just him trying to like you know just say hey i'm still here like don't worry you know and that's why i don't get too freaked out by it because it's just like you know it's just a bond that even through death like it could still be there you know what i mean yeah totally so with losing a parent myself, I think I completely understand where she's coming from with, you know, like still feeling the presence of him being there and everything. Cause I know there was a long time that right after I lost my mom that I would, you know, be sitting in my living room of my dad's house and I'd like see something out of the corner of my eye, like a shadow kind of move through the hallway that leads down towards the rooms, you know? And I'd kind of think, am I seeing something or is that just, is that, is that what I, like what I think it is? You know, and then you'd get weird phantom smells and you'd you'd be sitting there and then all of a sudden you'd be like, why do I smell perfume? Like nobody's gotten up or walked past me or anything. You think it was your mom's perfume? I, I very well think so. I, I really do think people, like, you can tell when people are around. And I don't know if it's like they're stuck in, a, in that realm of being there all the time, but it's like one of those things where I feel like I have a guardian angel around me because I've had a lot of like moments where I feel like I should have been hurt or like even worse where like like I've had like really hard health scares and stuff and it was just like I had somebody looking out for me so I really understand the whole like feeling like somebody's there. I can completely understand that. I mean, that's how I am too. Um, when my grandfather passed away, uh, I know he's out there looking for looking out for me. I mean, that man definitely um, him and I got really close towards the end. So like I can I can see where you're coming from, Trevor, and I can also see where Molly's coming from. I don't know what it's like to lose a parent. I've lost three grandparents, and that has that has been really hard on you know just seeing that. But I can relate in a sense of like you know it you you, you can you can tell they're there. I carry a Zippo to every single show I play with me that my grandfather gave me just because I know that he's there and he's watching me and he's, you know, he's cheering me on. 
he didn't exactly agree with everything that I, I've done in life, but he still supported me no matter what. You know, he was always there to lift me up when I was down. So it's like, it they're definitely there. They're watching you, but it's just, you know, what what are they leading you to? That's what I always wonder. Like, what's the breadcrumb trail gonna come to? So I had this experience where I thought I saw my guardian angel. Um, I had this uh, grandma. She was my great grandma. Her name was Grandma Glover. That's what we called her, and she was blind. Uh, the entire time I was alive. I don't think she ever saw what I actually looked like. And she had passed away, and I was given her bed. She didn't die in the bed, but, like, they gave me her bed, and I slept on it for a long time. And I believe I saw her one night. I was out in the living room, and I caught something with the corner of my eye, and I looked at it, and I saw a silhouette of a person, kind of like whitish, bluish color glow. And she like looked at me. It was probably a, a total of like five to eight seconds long where there was just this figure standing in it. It looked like an older woman. And I'm dead set that it was her. Cause it was probably only like two months after she'd passed away as well. So it was just crazy to think that she might be coming to see me because she never actually saw me, you know? Did she make any movement or anything when you no, seen her? Kind of like her arm like kind of moved like she could have been waving or something, but it, it happened so quick too. Like you said, like like you said though that she um, may have never ever seen your face. What if that was her chance to be able to actually see you? Yeah, that's what I'm saying because I, I never saw her again or felt like her presence, but like that'll always stick in my head for sure. Oh yeah. I wonder if your sister has had similar stories about about your grandmother as well. I don't know. She'll she'll be on an episode coming up. She'll tell us if she uh, had any experiences the same as me. Um, I know my dad has had the same experience. He saw her fairly in the same like time frame of when I saw her too. So around the time that you seen her, did you have any dreams or anything up until that point? I don't remember. It was a long, long time ago. I don't remember if I had any dreams leading up to it at all. So another time, I was staying the night at my friend's house, and he actually was renting out a house on the Spring Lake Country Club property. It was just a small two-bedroom house. It had a basement. There was an attached garage, but the garage was full of junk. And the basement was a pretty pretty barren itself too. It was just concrete and pretty much there was just a dead mouse down there and that was it. So you guys want to pick up the mouse that was just dead down there? Uh, we went and looked at it but we found out pretty quickly that we didn't have a broom or dustpan. <laughs> and none of us really wanted to get our hands that dirty because it looked like it had been down there for quite a long time. So, soft. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we were quite soft. I would definitely put it under that category. but. We were, we, we were just hanging out that night. Um, we were all sitting in the living room and I'll explain how, how the house is set up because it'll make a lot more sense that way. So when you would come in from the driveway outside, you would walk up to the house and looking at it from the road facing it, you would see the, the, um, the garage on the right side and then the entryway was in between the house and the garage. So it was almost like a, 
a glass walkway that went all the way back to the to the opposite side of the wall. So it was from front of the house to the back of the house, but it was just it was like a breezeway. So you get on into the garage on the right at the back of it, and you could get into the basement at the back of the left. Well, you would walk into the front part of the door, and to right to your left, you could go into the house. And right when you went to the house, there was also a staircase that would lead downstairs. Well, going into the house, you would walk straight into the kitchen, and you would walk right past the staircase to the basement. And I would assume that everything that happened in the basement echoed up pretty hard, because later that night, we were all sitting in the, in the living room, like I said, and we weren't really doing a whole lot. I think we were all just sitting around talking at this point. And all of a sudden you hear this loud, like almost like a wood chair falling over it. And like it bounces off the ground a few times, like a tap, tap, tap. And we all kind of stopped. And I was like, did you guys hear that? And all of us were like, yeah, I heard something. But I don't know what it could have been. So we kind of all got up and slowly shuffled our way into the kitchen and like looked around and realized that nothing had fallen in the kitchen we went into the bedrooms and looked around and nothing was out of place in the bedrooms which we honestly didn't use very much because the bedrooms were very small and it was very cold in there in the winter because it was not insulated very well so we would all just huddle in the the living room with space heaters and just that was it so we were all terrified at this point we decided that we were just going to take everything in the kitchen, like the pew bench that was sitting there for the, the, the little uh, dinner table they had, and we'd stuff that in front of the doorway so we couldn't get in or out or nothing could come in without having to move it and make a loud noise. So we were like, if somebody broke into this house, we know. Well, the rest of the night goes by, we hear nothing. Absolutely crickets. Like, it's, it's quieter than everything. And then we decide the next morning, like, all right, Let's go into the basement. We all reluctantly start going down there. We find a flashlight and you know, we're, we're flipping around, we're looking and we're looking and we don't see anything. There's nothing out of place. There's nothing really that could have been like fall, like that could have fallen over. And then the only thing that was really down there was a door. And I still don't know if it was the door shutting or slamming a few times but then it still doesn't even make sense because it did it very like quickly it was like a tap 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 so i i can't explain that one at all that one really tripped me up so did anything else happen at this house or was it just the the one time little noise that you heard yeah i would say for the most part it was just that that one time you know I mean, I didn't stay there too often, and he didn't live there for a particularly long amount of time either, but it was enough. Once again, before we put the fire out tonight, we want to thank all the supporters that we've gained over the past couple weeks since our first episode. We had a lot of fun bringing that episode to you guys. Again, if you haven't had a chance yet, like us on Facebook, give us a follow on Podbean, download the app makes it more convenient to listen to us wherever you go, whether it be in your car or uh, late at night. Um, Trevor? Yeah, I just want to thank everybody again. The support has been like overwhelming, honestly. You guys have made this exactly what we thought it was going to be, and it's much more fun than you can imagine. So please reach out to us if you want to be on the podcast. And yep, love you guys. Last but not least, I want to thank Flat Stanley and Alex for coming out to the campfire tonight with us on What Goes Bump in the Night. 
Thank you guys for having me. Really appreciate the opportunity to be on the podcast with y'all. Thanks for having me on tonight. It's been a good night passing stories back and forth. Until next time. Again, my name is Flat Stanley. You can find me on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Music, and you can go to my website at flatstanley.com. Thank and you so much. Podbean. And now Podbean. I'm coming home.